Welcome back. You are listening to The Breakfast Show. Okay, so don't forget to send in your votes for the version of the song that Jasmine has stuck in her head. We're going to get it stuck in all of your heads today because it's good to have a song about Jesus stuck in your head Mm, and we need your votes. Uh, the vote, votes are kind of being one, one-sided at the moment, which is just super disappointing, <laughs> guys. Come on. Um, but I won't say which side. We want to know whether you want to hear the Boomer version or the Silent Generation <laughs> version. So that is uh, the George Beverly Shea version or the Gaither version of... The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. We're going to be playing this at the end of the show. It can be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. I- and it will be an amazing thing to have stuck in your head. And uh, Jasmine, you're about to say something. I was going to say I did suggest that Lyle and I could sing it at the yes, end of the show. Yes, you did suggest that. That didn't go down well. No, in it the did studio. not. It, that that suggestion was a no. <laughs> uh, in fact, Jasmine, you can sing it. Jasmine could sing it. Lyle and Jasmine will not sing it. That won't happen. Not in any scenario here on Faith FM. All right, we'll leave we it do for we those. do like the fact that uh, we have listeners. <laughs> this is a positive thing for radio. With radio, if you don't have listeners, there's kind of no point. And so if I sing on radio, it's kind of missing the point of what radio is all about. <laughs> I see. Okay, so where are we going to in our Bible study today, Jasmine? I think we should start in, let me see, Samuel. Let's go to First Samuel chapter 12, verse 22 to 24. And we're going to talk about specificity in prayer. Mm. I have to say, this is something I'm actually really being really convicted and, and passionate about recently. So I'm stoked that we get to study it this morning. Good, because I've got some questions to ask you. I'm going to be asking you, why do we need to be specific? God Doesn't God know our specific needs? But we're going to read these verses first. Let's find out what the Bible says. Right. So 1 Samuel chapter 12 is where we will start. And Jasmine, I'm wondering whether you can read for us verse 22 to 24, please. Indeed. Bible says, For the Lord will not forsake his people, for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. Okay, all right, so who's praying this particular prayer right here? Um, or who is who is saying that he's going to be praying for them? It's Samuel. Samuel, and who's he praying for? Uh, that is a good question. Okay, so he's praying basically for uh, for God's people and for, for um, the, the nation of Israel. For you know, it's all in his family and so forth, and um, everything involved therein. Okay, but Very the important nice. thing here is the, the big question. This is the question that we've kind of had all week. Why? Why pray and ask for things, particularly for other people? Why intercede? Mm. What's the point? And the reason I ask this question is, doesn't God already know what our needs are? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we all agree he knows what we need. Mm-hmm. Do we all agree that he loves us? Mm-hmm. Do we all agree then that because he knows what we need and he loves us, then he can provide for our needs? Mm-hmm. And so if he knows what our needs are and he loves us and he can provide for our needs, why do we need to ask? Yes, that's a very good question. So this, is, this, this is the million-dollar question right here. There's another passage that goes right along with this one, and it comes from Job chapter 16 and verse 21. 
So we'll flick over to Job chapter 16 and verse 21. A couple of verses here that have uh, um, some things in common. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need to look at what they have in common. So Job 16 and verse 21. It says, Oh, that one might plead for a man with God as a man pleads for his neighbor. Okay, so what kind of uh, language is... There's a word here that's used twice. Plead. Plead. What 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 kind of an action what kind of a verb is that what kind of what what is that what kind of word picture does that bring up in your mind when it says when the bible says pleading very earnest or yeah very earnest asking for something really deep desire or want intense isn't yeah. it plead is a very very intense word mm. okay so what would you see as the similarity between this one and samuel's prayer they're both praying on behalf of other people. And, um, yeah, I'd say that the both of them is a very serious undertaking. The first one we read, it says that it was actually a sin to cease from praying for these people. So he's making a really important point that um, he needs to do this. And then this, again, is pleading with God. Okay, so this is unceasing prayer that you've got with Samuel. And here you've got pleading with God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then my question that continues on from here, and these are the questions that we need to get, uh, we really need to get involved in uh, in today's discussion is why do we need to, if God already knows what our needs are, if God already loves us, if God already has the power to answer our prayers and to provide us with our needs, why do we need to ask and what difference does it make when we plead mm-hmm. or when we ask unceasingly yeah. as Samuel does? So Samuel's never going to stop praying for his people. Is this because God is a little bit deaf or is it because he's a little bit cold and he needs to be nagged? Is it because of, uh, you know, um, God needs to be somehow motivated? Do you think God Mm. might be lacking in motivation to help us? Yeah, well, I don't think that he is, and the Bible doesn't teach that he is. He says, like a, a good father, he wants to give good gifts to his children. So why does the Bible say to plead? Now, there's another, there's a number of other aspects that go along with this, because you know we often talk about you know we've got a bit of a crisis happening now. The more prayers, the better. So please be praying for us, and uh, we're always super encouraged when lots and lots of people are praying. Mm. Why does God need more than one prayer? Why, why, okay, so why isn't one request just enough? God, we have a uh, situation here where we need your assistance. Done, move on. Uh, it's been said God doesn't need me to be um, hassling him over this. Mm. A very interesting way that you put it with our perception of what that looks like. Yeah, because I kind of put myself in God's shoes and I tend to think that in a very short space of time, I would be like, why are these people nagging me all the time? Enough already. I heard the first time around. I don't need to be told again. You know, that would be my human reaction. Mm, I was going to say, and that's the reason why God is God and Lyle is Lyle. (laughs) (laughs) And a very good reason right there because Lyle would not do a good job of being God. Um, It's a, uh, and and so God is obviously coming from a very, very different perspective here. Mm Mm-hmm. This reminds me of a passage, I hope you don't mind if we turn there, in Luke chapter 18. 
Let's go there. Luke 18. Uh, this would be the story of the unjust judge? Yes. Or, yes. Or as well in my Bible, it says the persistent widow. Or it depends which, which, which perspective you look at this story from. Um, yeah, some people call it the unjust judge and some others the persistent widow. So is it about somebody being unjust or is it some, about being, somebody being persistent? What is the story actually about? Mm. Oh, that's, that's a very good point. All right. So... Uh, there's probably two sermons you can preach here. One about injustice and <laughs> another about um and another about um what was I gonna say? Um persistence. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, so another passage that one of our listeners has just texted in, so uh um Angela actually wants to know about Luke eleven, five to thirteen. So we'll have mm. a look at that one in just a moment. Yeah. All right, so we're raising lots of questions here, and the reason we're raising these questions is because we are going to answer these questions, and you're going to need to stay tuned because these are really critical questions to help us to understand the ministry of intercessory prayer. Mm. So we're going to look at Luke chapter 18. After that, we're going to look at Luke chapter 11, and we're going to look at a couple of different stories here about intercessory prayer and what Jesus has to say. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so let's um, read here in Luke chapter 18. Okay, Luke chapter 18, and I'm going to read the first eight verses. It says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Okay, let's stop there before we go any further. Mm-hmm. Men always should do what? Pray. And they shouldn't do what? Lose heart. Give up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so applying that to what we studied yesterday, if you look at the story of Daniel... When Daniel was praying, you know, he's praying for three weeks and nothing happens. Yeah. It would be very easy to lose heart and to give up. Yeah. He doesn't. Okay, keep going. Alrighty. Saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, avenge me of my adversary. And he would not, um, and he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, "Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me." Then the Lord said, "Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge His own elect who cry out day and night to Him, though He bears long with them? I tell you that He will avenge them speedily." Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Okay, Jasmine, this was a, a passage that you wanted to look at. Mm. So what are your thoughts in relationship to this passion? What, what is it all about? We, it's actually very interesting. We see the unjust judge almost looks like exactly the kind of person you portrayed that God could be. Um, like, oh, why, is this, why are these people nagging me all the so time? So in the parable, is God the unjust judge? That's a very good... That's a... Good question. <laughs> no, I don't think it can be. No. But there's definitely... Actually, there's a contrast being drawn yeah. here. There's a contrast between God and the unjust judge. Exactly. It actually makes the point that um, you th- the, the parable is leaning towards like you think it's setting it up to compare it with God, but then it says, no, God is nothing like that, mm-hmm. um, which is really amazing. Um, but, of course... I think it's there's a there's a heavy emphasis on the persistent widow because he's telling them to always pray to not lose heart and this widow keeps coming back to ask for um, what she needs and God um, it says that God will grant um, to his people speedily the things that they need. Okay, so the unjust judge who is very clear about the fact that he does not regard regard God or man he doesn't care about anybody <laughs> and he even states that and he's like I don't give a stuff about anyone you know. Um, don't know why they set him up as the judge but that's fine. 
Yep. It. Uh, he. 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 He gets rid of this case simply because he's being nagged. Mm-hmm. Now, if we then compare that with God, God does care about everybody, mm-hmm. and God is, you know, super interested in every person's life and every aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. So isn't God infinitely more motivated to help us than the unjust judge? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so then isn't this parable actually self-defeating as a parable? Because the Bible says that this woman got justice because she persisted and nagged. And the Bible says, well, we should persist with uh, asking God as well, not nagging, but we should be persistent. But then it goes on and it, com- and it contrasts and like, well, God is way more interested in helping you than, you know, a person who is not just. Mm-hmm. So why should then we persist? Why then should we persist? These are really good questions. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to answer these questions. Yeah. going to build and build and build and build <laughs> and you're going to have to <laughs> stay tuned. This is, this is how we keep uh, everybody stay tuned here on Faith FM. Okay, so we have a listener who's texted in. What about Luke 11, 5 to 13? Let's mm-hmm. turn over there very quickly and let's see what the Bible says over here. Luke 11, Luke chapter 11, and Jasmine's going to read for us uh, verse 5 to 13. Luke 11, 5 to 13 says, And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Okay, so let's think about this parable. Uh, Jasmine, a bit of a cold light last night? It was. It was quite chilly. And your bed was warm? Mm-hmm. And you were sound asleep? Yes. And if someone bangs on the door, in fact, these days they're not going to bang on your door, they're going to call. Yeah. So they call, and they call three times that your phone actually does ring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so your phone rings in the middle of the night, and you're like, oh, this is... Oh, what's going on here? And you're all sort of all over the place, and you answer the phone, and and you don't know, uh, you know, you know, you don't even know where you are. And they're like, "I need some food." <laughs> and you know, it's 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 old mate down the road. I've just had guests turn up, and I've got nothing to feed them. Mm. Um, can you loan me a loaf of bread? And your bed is warm, and you are <laughs> tired, and there is a frost outside. How motivated are you? The door is locked. How motivated are you to get up and to serve them with some food? Motivation is at an all-time low at that point. <laughs> <laughs> an all-time low. That's right. But because of this person's persistence, mm-hmm. and I tend to think that this, if this scenario actually happened to you mm-hmm. or me, that we would actually do it. Mm-hmm. Because it would be like, wow, if this person is this serious about finding some food, then... Um, let's let's actually do it. And I think that there are two aspects here in these two parables. One is an aspect of persistence. Mm-hmm. That's the unjust judge. And the other is an aspect of, um, what's the right word for it? They Their need is very great, the greatness mm-hmm. of their need. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and the fact that they've communicated, you know, just their level of need. Yeah, and I, and, and I would suggest along with that, 
it's really the value of what they're asking for. They're serious about it. They're not asking half-heartedly. They're like, this is um, important to me. What I, I really believe in it. Maybe, maybe we should change the scenario a little bit. Maybe, maybe you're not laying in bed and somebody calls you in the middle of the night for a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got guests who turn up in the middle of the night and they've just done a long road trip and they've arrived unexpectedly oh. and they haven't eaten for the last 12 hours and you've got no food. Oh, okay, do you, you go to the shops and had, grab something? No, 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 no. The shops are all closed. So do you call your friend Ooh. at midnight and say, hey, <gasps> now you're only going to do that if you're really serious about providing some food for these yeah, guys. Yeah, I see where you're going with this. Yep. So one is about seriousness mm-hmm. and the other is about persistence. Mm-hmm. But doesn't God know already just how serious a situation that we are in? Do we really need to communicate to God how serious our situation is in? Well, I would argue that our persistence reveals um, how we truly feel about it, or how we had. How, oh, absolutely, absolutely. How true we really feel about God's ability to help us. I, I couldn't agree more. Except, I'm going to argue and give you a hard time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to argue that God already knows how serious we are. You can't be serious about something and God not know how serious you are. Because He knows our heart. Because he knows your heart. He mm-hmm. reads your heart. There's yeah, some interesting questions here. We're going to answer these questions, but you're going to have to stay tuned. <laughs> Third section of the Bible study is coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, let's. Okay, so this next passage is going to start to unpack this for us. All right. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. Don't forget, we need to know which version of uh, Jasmine's song you want to hear, the Gaither version or the George Beverly Shea version. Okay, what have you got for us there? Okay, very interesting. First John chapter 5, verse 14 to 16 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death there is a sin leading to death i do not say that he should pray about that okay so what do we what 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 happens when we intercede for others according to this passage here that god will give us the answer to our petitions Uh uh-huh and that he will give life to those that we ask for it does uh does god have the power to do that without us asking Mm -hmm. so then why do we need to ask I feel like you're really leaning towards I know, a particular I thing know, here. I know, I know, I know. I'm building it up. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We are asking for your votes. George Beverly Shea or the Gaither uh, group for uh, the song that you're going to have stuck in your head today because Woo-hoo. it's stuck in Jasmine's head and it's a good song to have stuck in your head. Uh, Jasmine, the song is... The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. We just shoot us a text message or shoot us a, a, uh, a Facebook message or whatever it might be and uh, let us know which one of those two very famous artists you would like to hear this morning. We will play it at the end of the show and hopefully it will be stuck in your head like uh, it is in Jasmine's head. Especially if you've never heard the song. This is a great first opportunity to hear this beautiful song. It is indeed. 
Okay, we've got somebody who's texted in. Um, oh, I've got another vote going that direction. Okay, all right. It's, uh, yep. All right, so somebody else has texted in and said, okay, maybe this is a tangent, but do we have the power to change God's mind? Like the more we pray, the more oh, he has I the power it. to do in people's lives and ours. But if we don't, he is limited. For example, um, praying for a wayward family member, but then that could go down all sorts of ways. Mm. Okay, so, so, so do we have the power to change God's mind? Interesting question right here. Yeah. And Jasmine is looking at me like... Are we gonna? Are we gonna cover this? Do we want to go into the? We we, that we, 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 we absolutely want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, most definitely. But we have. Uh, do we want to read that one yet? No, we're not going to read that one. We're gonna. What we're gonna do in looking at? Um, and, and looking at this subject, and I've just got so many text messages coming through here. I'm trying to. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to work my way through them all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll come back to them in just a moment mm-hmm. if I get time. So all those people texting in, uh, we will get to you if we can if we can work our way through it. Let's go back to yesterday's story. Daniel is praying for the release of the captives. This is a prophecy yes. that God has made. When Daniel starts to pray, uh, Gabriel turns up and starts to work on Cyrus's heart to try and convince him to let the captive Israelites go home, the Jews to go mm-hmm. home. Um, Daniel doesn't see anything happening, and so he continues to pray and pray and pray, and it's and it, it kind of like uh, continues to pray without stopping. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gabriel continues to work. My question is this: Let's say that Daniel gave up after the first two weeks. Yeah. Does Gabriel then go home? And if he stops praying, does Jesus not turn up? Ooh, that's very interesting. And I think this is actually a really good example to look at because it is an example where we see what is going on behind the scenes. We find one of the greatest men of the Bible praying and nothing is happening that he can see. Mm -hmm. How many times have we had that happen? Mm -hmm. Heaps. And so we have a parable that says, you know, the, the unjust judge. We have this woman who just does not give up and God's like, you should not give up praying. You should always be praying. We have the example of Samuel and Job who intercede continually and earnestly pleading with God. Mm -hmm. Why is all of this actually important? And it is the context of the great controversy that reveals it to us. Satan claims that he is the prince of this world. Mm-hmm. And we read, we, we talked about that earlier when we were talking about baby names and you know somebody who wants to name their child Lucifer, and um, and you know somebody texts us through to say that don't don't forget that there are many demonic uh, covenants worldwide, including many in Australia. Lucifer is their true god. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a text message that uh, that came through earlier. And so you know don't people just because they don't use the name doesn't mean that they don't serve Lucifer. But let's think about it from his perspective. He claims to be the ruler of this planet. Um, and so as the ruler of this planet, when God turns up to intervene, yeah, Satan can sit there and say, wait a minute, God, you can't intervene here because you've given me control of this planet. No, sorry, not this planet has, has given me control of themselves. They have accepted me as their ruler. Mm-hmm. You don't have a right to be here. 
In fact, this planet is the object lesson to the universe of the government of Satan. And if this planet is going to be the object lesson to the universe of my government, Mm -hmm. if you interfere in my government, then uh, how is the universe actually going to get a fair picture or representation of my government and satan kind of has a point doesn't he yeah you know if god interferes in everything everything that satan does and god is just interfering with everything they're never going to see the universe will never see what satan's government is like yeah and so satan is an accuser that's what the word means he is the accuser and so he's always going to be accusing God. The universe is looking on. They want to know, is God fair? Is God just? Is God righteous? Is God all loving? Mm-hmm. And if God is constantly interfering and not giving Satan a fair go, then Satan kind of has a point and God starts to lose the great controversy in that perspective. Yeah. Now think about what happens then when we pray. Mm-hmm. God knows what our needs are. He wants to help us with our needs. He has the power. We pray and God turns up to answer our prayer. Satan says, you can't be here. It's my planet. I'm in control. And God says, actually, I can be here because I'm here by special request. Yeah. Now, this is what is interesting. The more people pray... And the more earnestly they pray, the stronger the argument that God has in that scenario. To be there. To be there and to act and to do big things. Because God can sit there and say, hey, I'm not just here by personal request. I'm here by the personal request of 50,000 people worldwide who are fasting and praying. That gives me a lot of right to be here. Yeah. Amen, that's awesome. So intercessory prayer needs to be understood in the context of the great controversy between Christ and Satan. Mm. That's, That's the context in which we need to understand intercessory prayer and why it's actually important to pray. So if we then look at that in the case of the unjust judge or the persistent woman, God is saying, be persistent. It gives me room to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we take it to the parable of the person who you know, is asking for something in the middle of the night, God is like, you know, go out of your way to ask for something because you know, in difficult circumstances, when the circumstances are difficult, once again, it gives God opportunity to, re- to move because it shows the necessity, the earnestness, the, de- the level of desire that you have, the level of permission that you are giving God to work. Yeah. It, it, it adds strength to God's argument when he has to argue with Satan and say, no, I'm here by special request. When we plead with God or we play incessantly like Job and Samuel did, God can say, look, these people are pleading with me. They've been praying their entire lifetime for this. I have a right to be here. Um, and you don't have a right to stop me. That's what we have taking place with intercessory prayer. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. The votes are in. Woohoo! And with, uh, what have we got here? Seven to none, I think it is. (laughs) Um, Oh, feeling very good about this. You know what? Um, George Beverly Shea, I hate to say this, but your ratings have kind of plummeted. 
He yeah. was one of the greatest singers and now he's just like, it's not his flavour. Everybody mm. is unanimous. The votes are unanimous for the Gaither Group to bring us the song and, of course, uh, introduce the song for us. Uh, this is the one that is stuck in Jasmine's head. It is... The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. And we want it to be stuck in your head all day long. Here it is by Bill Gaither.
You were listening to The Longer I Serve Him, The Sweeter He Grows by Bill Gaither. This was uh, brought to you by your votes this morning. Um, this, was know, the, this was the version that you voted for. So I just oh, downloaded what's the free browser extension. Happening now. That's what happens when you play from YouTube and the next <laughs> thing just comes on. <laughs> uh, go for it, Jasmine. You know, the longer I listen to that song, the sweeter it grows. Oh, yes. Nicely done. Someone's just, someone's just texted in. Love it. That song takes me right back to my childhood. Thanks for putting it in my head today. Okay, so there you go. It is stuck in somebody else's head. We hope that it's going to be stuck in your head all day long.